You're listening to Hawk Talk with former Seahawks wide receiver Michael Bumpus. At the 10-yard line, second and eight. Three wide receivers now in motion as Bumpus left to right. Julius Jones with single setback. Matt Pump fakes, looking to the goal line. He throws it into the end zone. Touchdown, Seahawks! It's Michael Bumpus with a diving catch in the end zone. A 10-yard touchdown reception for Bumpus, and the kid out of Washington State has found himself a place on this team. Powered by Seahawks.com. Welcome to Hawk Talk Recap Edition. The Seahawks lose to the Saints 13-10 on Monday Night Football. Lots of things to discuss, and like we usually do, we're going to go on the trenches with Ray Roberts to start this thing off. It's time to go inside the trenches with former Seahawk Ray Roberts. Ray, for the third time in three weeks, the Seahawks have the ball late in the game to try to close it out, but they just don't get it done. But it's not always about the final moments. It's about the moments that led up to that moment. Um, They were put in a situation where they can win the game, just come up short. Overall thoughts on last night's loss? Yeah, it was uh, uh, too bad that, like, a a really good effort by the defense, you know, like, you know, allowing, you know, only 13 points. Uh, you know, still led to the Seahawks not getting it done in the end. And there's a lot of places you can point the finger. Uh, but there, you know, when I came home last night, I rethought, like, you know, what my thoughts were on the game. And I still go back to there are a lot of new pieces on this team on both sides of the ball. There's a new offense. There's, you know, playing around with, you know, like, a, you know, tweaking your defense a little bit with the different pieces you have. Uh, guys didn't get a whole lot of reps in the preseason. Uh, and to me, that that whole ball of wax has, to me, added up to why this team is where they are. Now, Ray, they only gave up 13 points, and that's a feat in itself. This defense has had its struggles. If we went to this game and I say, Ray, man, Hawks are only going to give up 13 points, I would assume that you would think they won this football game or would win this football game. What's going on on offense? How did they produce more points? Yeah, so, you know, I'm I'm with you. I had predicted the Seahawks, you know, for, for this game would win, I think I said 26 to 17. So I was pretty sure they were going to score over 20 points. Uh, and the fact that they couldn't muster that up was uh, was too bad. And honestly, I love that this, 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 uh, this session here with you is called in the trenches because to me, that's where it all, that's where it is. Uh, this offensive line, you know, I've I've tried to uh, my best to be positive about the offensive line, and I think that they still have some really good pieces up there, but they're just not playing to their abilities, and uh, they're they're not playing as five as one, as more as you know five individual parts on the on the offensive line, and not that that means that they're being selfish. It's just that they don't have the connectivity that it takes for them to be a consistently, t- uh, you know, good offensive line to be able to perform like they did in the second half against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I think a lot of that comes with the reps that they missed in the preseason. A lot of it comes with learning a new offense. A lot of it comes with you know, with the quarterback being out, with the top running back being out and not really being able to create like some of that chemistry and, and rhythm that you need. But if this team, this team is going to only go as far as the offensive line will take them. I don't care who is that quarterback and I don't care who is that running back. If those dudes don't step up their game, the season is going to continue to be long on offense. Well, speaking of offensive line, you got Alice Collins who had 16 carries for 35 yards. Do you put the lack of production from Alice Collins on the offensive line, or did Alice Collins not see some gaps or some holes that 
could have led to explosive runs? I think it's a combination of both. I, I think the offensive line uh, at times did a really good job of like creating lanes. And I think for the most part, uh, Alex found those lanes. But then uh, it seems like for every four-yard gain they would have, they'd have a negative yard gain uh, uh, that followed it up. And so it just negated any type of progress or rhythm that you got. And then for a while there, there was, you know, trying to get Penny some reps as well as um, Collins. It just, it's, you know, I think Turbo spoke to this. Sometimes there are dudes that are just volume runners. They need to get those 19, 20 touches to get to the rhythm, to get to the impact that they can have. And just giving them, you know, two or three carries here and, and then they're out for a few plays and another two, two or three carries there. It's kind of hard to get into rhythm that way. And, uh, and so I think it was a little bit of both. I think there were some, some lanes there that he may have missed, but then also I think that the, the uh, Saints did a great job of really attacking the double teams in the zone run. So that means that, you know, when the guard and center are blocking on the defensive tackle up to the middle linebacker, that middle linebacker was doing a really good job of attacking the double team to pull the, 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 the second person in on the double team out of the double team or running right behind them and making a tackle. And so there's a little bit lack of awareness on the offensive line. And then there was some just good linebacker play on part of the Saints. Yeah, and we got to remember that the Saints are number two in the league against the run. Only giving up about yeah. 80 yards. The Hawks rush for 90. That's plus 10. I guess there's a positive there. All right, now these guys are two and five. They got the Jaguars next week. How do they bounce back against this team? Well, you know, the, the two things that Pete Carroll said in his press conference that I really just, you know, I have my little notepad right there and, and I'm taking notes. And he said, we have to do do it, do the things right and we have to finish right. And so it'd be great to just gut out a win um, and just get a win for the sake of winning, whether it's pretty or ugly or however it is. But it's also going to be good uh, to have them win the right way because that's what helps carry the momentum and the and the uh, the rhythm to the to the next game is that you know that you did it the right way that you finished strong that you finished drives that you you weren't giving up sacks that you weren't giving up easy uh, first downs that you're like the defense needs to win on first and second down because the Saints got too many third and shorts and or even fourth and shorts so they weren't getting to third down so uh, I think they you know winning the right way and finishing the right way is going to be important because the other thing is that you know people will say man that the Jaguars suck. But I guarantee you that they're looking at the Seahawks going like, man, this is a game we can win. And, and so so as much as we like to say, like, uh, you know, like, oh, man, that's, you know, even though the Jaguars have two wins, they're still a bad team. The Jaguars are looking at the Seahawks going like, man, this is not the Seahawks of old. Of, of old. And this is this is not a good team. This is, this is a game that we can go and win. I guarantee you they're having that conversation in their locker rooms, in their media, with their, uh, I mean, um, in their meetings with the media, when player interviews, they are thinking that this is a game that, that they could and should win. Yeah. Got, got some dudes who are fighting for their NFL lives right now, about to battle out next week. Big Ray, as always, appreciate your time, bro. Thanks for having me, bro. All right, that was Ray Roberts. Let's bring in Nasty Chobie and talk about what happened. See, what had happened at first was... <laughs> what happened was... What had happened was... On Hawk Talk... Uh, what had happened, man? We are uh, unfortunately getting a little too comfortable having these conversations. It's been three weeks in a row, three straight primetime games, three straight primetime losses for the Seattle Seahawks. 
And it's a situation where they've usually thrived in. You know, game on the line, two minutes, you got the ball, you have a chance to win. Obviously, we know all the fourth quarter comebacks and everything Russell Wilson has been able to do throughout his career. Unfortunately, number three was not walking through that door or at least getting on the field on Monday night. You know, the last three weeks in a row, man, you had a chance to win or tie the game late, and you came up short. Tyler Lockett got tripped up on a pass against the Rams and gets intercepted. Last week, Geno Smith fumbles in the second overtime possession on the first play. Last night, you get the ball back, you're down three, and unfortunately, you give up two straight sacks, and you come up third and 28 or something and fourth and a mile, and obviously, it's tough to convert that, and the Seahawks were unable to really get anything going Things got off great when it started. 84-yard touchdown to DK Metcalf. It's a raining. It's a windstorm. That's what you want to see. You take a lead, then you think you can slow the game down, run the football, um, and keep you know driving like you did last week. But unfortunately, that wasn't the case. If you want to look at their drive chart after that DK Metcalf touchdown, it went punt, 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 end of half, missed field goal, punt, field goal, missed field goal, turnover on downs. And you just couldn't ever get anything really going offensively. There's no rhythm. After that touchdown drive, you really only had two drives where they're able to move the ball at all. But unfortunately, both those drives end in a a missed field goal. And it just, man, when it rains, it pours. You know, Jason Myers had 35 straight, you know, it was like fourth all time in field goals. And it's a tough day, and he misses two field goals that are the difference in the game. You know, Alex Collins had 16 carries but only 35 yards. Rashad Penny came back, only had nine yards um, on like six carries. So, bump, it's a... it's tough sledding right now for the Seahawks. You know, they've, they've been close, but there's no moral victories in the NFL, close with no cigar, and it's just it's frustrating. I know everyone in this building's frustrated. I know this team has way more talent than, you know, the 2-5 and five record shows, but it kind of is what it is, and that's where they are right now. Yeah, and there were two opportunities to, one, get off the field with Marquise Blair roughing the passer. I believe it was 39. He launched himself to Jamin's Winston. I look at that play and I'm like, yeah, the rule says you can't do that, but it's frustrating at the same time because I'm like, look, this is football. There was also a penalty where Al Woods jumps off sides on a field goal. They get a fresh set of downs. They end up kicking a field goal. So it didn't really, I guess, didn't really affect the game because I feel like they would have made that field goal anyway, but um, a deeper field goal would have been better. Um, then the Hawks, they battle back, man. I mean, for the third straight week, you mentioned you got a chance to win the football game and you just don't get it done. Geno Smith during this press conference says, look, you can't take those sacks. That's the worst thing you can do when you're backed up and you only got one timeout and um, you're driving to win a football game. You cannot take unnecessary sacks. Now, the Hawks are two and five, dropped three in a row, first time since 2011. There's still hope. Statistically, they can still do some things. They put themselves in a hole, dug a hole, but it's all about how you respond. These next couple of weeks are going to be extremely important. Even though they did lose this ball game, there are still some playmakers. Let's take a look at them. Touchdown, Seahawks! Playmakers. Show them what time it is! Holy catfish! Well, Bump, there was some playmakers uh, last Monday night. You know, there wasn't a ton of unbelievable individual performances, but like we'll mention the defense here in a second, but we'll get to start with Geno Smith. Geno Smith, 12 of 22, 167 yards, one touchdown, QB rating of 94.3. Um, the best thing Geno did after getting going up top to DK Metcalf is he took care of the football. Um, no turnovers, which was impressive for him. You know, he had two big turnovers last two weeks, so that was a nice thing there. Um, it was just – it was tough, man. <laughs> Offensively, it was tough. He, he did a good job managing the game. 
made a couple plays with his feet, scrambled, got us into almost red zone area, and that's when, unfortunately, we just took some sacks we couldn't take. So it's a team effort that's not all on Geno. The offensive line needs to protect better, whether it's running backs and coverage, all all the above. But Geno Smith, again, has stepped in and done a great job. For He's not Russell Wilson. That's just, that is what it is. Russell is a bona fide Hall of Famer. We know that. We know how special he is. That's why he gets paid what he does, and it's really shown the last couple of weeks. But Geno, Geno's done his thing, man. He, he's kept the Seahawks in games, and that's all you can ask for is give your team a chance to win, and Geno did that yesterday. Another playmaker, DK Metcalf, two receptions for 96 yards and one touchdown. Uh, second drive of the game, he has an 84-yard reception, scores a touchdown. We're feeling good about ourselves. We're like, it's going to be a big day. Then he has one more catch after that. I think another thing that he did well was just the mind games he was playing with, Marshawn mm-hmm. Loudmore, getting to his head. So he probably gained, what, about 30 yards on penalties because uh, he was getting under these guys' skin, uh, making them lose their cool. DK didn't have lots of opportunities to do things, but when given the opportunity, he did so, man, 84 yards. That was an impressive touchdown. He looked fast. He looked strong. I hope we see more of that in the next few weeks. Yeah, and we talked about this a little bit on the postgame show, but – you know, DK Metcalf, he is a physical dude. Obviously, we know he can run by you, and Lattimore's talking, and I know there's a lot of comments coming out of the Saints locker room kind of essentially questioning the Seahawks' toughness and who's a real tough guy, who's not. All I know is first play of the game, DK Metcalf comes up, we're running the ball, boom, I'm putting you on your butt. Lattimore put yep. him in the ground. They went back and forth. Uh, you beat Lattimore for a touchdown. You draw 30 yards of penalties, like you just mentioned, so you might as well add that to his receiving total. So DK Metcalf, I love that he can set the tone. And if you're a defensive back, man, you better bring it because I don't care if it's in the pass game or the run game. DK's going to block you upfield. He's going to get in your mug. He's going he's gonna to draw penalties. He, he's just I love the toughness out of him. So great to see him uh, You know, be one of the few guys that was really getting things going offensively. Now, defense put in their best performance of the entire season yesterday only gave up 13 points, a season low 304 yards. And bump I couldn't I couldn't isolate one dude. I, it it was hard for me yeah. cuz it was it was a collective unit even if everyone didn't blow up in the stat category. Bobby Wagner led the team with seven tackles, had a big stop on third and one. Puna Ford did a great job in the interior, his best game of the season by far, six tackles, one TFL. Quandre Diggs had five tackles. Carlos Dunlap, he had five tackles and half sacks, a lot more active than he's been all year. So there was a ton of guys that were contributing. And even if it was one play here, one play there, they made enough plays that kept the Seahawks in the game, especially when the Seahawks were not moving the ball offensively. So there wasn't there's was essentially zero margin for error. So it's good to see some of those guys step up yesterday. Yeah, it was nice for the defense to put together performance. Um, I feel like every unit that's taken its turn kind of shining now is about putting it all together. Um, when you see names like Ugo Amadi, Puno Ford, Rasheem Green on the stat sheet, these guys impacted the game. You know you're moving in the right direction. Jordan Brooks, four tackles, one pass defendant. I mean, those are the young guys that you're going to lean on as the season goes along, as the years go along. Nice to see those guys step up and perform. Wide receiver roundup, Mitch DK, two receptions, 96 yards, and a touchdown. Freddie Swain had four for 39. Tyler Lockett, only two for 12. I think for this team to go, 16 needs to be more involved. Gerald Everett, three for 11. Alex Collins, one for nine. And Penny Hart did not have a catch on one target. Okay, we're going to go to the coach's corner. We're going to break down the biggest play of the night, 84-yard touchdown reception from Geno to DK. Play fake. This time he's going to let it fly downfield. Reaching up, making the catch. It's Metcalf. He could go 40, 30, 20, 10, 5. Touchdown, Seahawks! 84 yards, the defender fell down, 
and Geno Smith threw a shot to number 14 down the right sidelines. He jumps, makes the catch, nobody is near him, and he was off to the races like the Olympic sprint trials. He's downfield beating Lattimore for six. The Seattle Seahawks on top, 6 nothing. Yeah, this is just big boy football right here. DK does a great job. He's one-on-one with Lattimore. Gets outside. Gets an outside release on him. Lattimore tries to disrupt him, put hands on him, and kind of reroute him. But DK is just too strong. And what's even more impressive, man, is the throw. You know, there's a window between that corner and the safety. It's about 8 to 10 yards that if you don't put this thing on a rope on a line like Geno did, the safety comes over, and he really affects his play. But DK does a great job of getting outside, leaving a little bit of space on the sideline. And Geno just throws it on the line. Hits the honey hole is what I, I like to call it in between the safety and the corner. And the rest is just DK being too fast and too strong way to start off the game for the Hawks. Yeah. You mentioned it. DK Metcalf. Great job. And the thing what I love, I think this talked about everyone on the Saints sideline is like calling for pass interference, but you got to look at the play. Vladimir is right in his grill too. Right before he loses his footing, they're both hand fighting. Vladimir is doing what he's supposed to do punches that shoulder and then DK pushes back, and then he just loses his footing. You got to be an athlete in that situation. Obviously, Mark Lattimore is an amazing corner. I'm not saying he's not an athlete, but <laughs> in that situation, it's just hand fighting. Unfortunately, he falls down. DK Mankoff makes a great play. And then if you're on the Saints, um, the safety just kills you with the angle. I know it's a tough, a lot of ground to cover because Geno Smith recognizes that uh, Malcolm Jenkins, the safety on the, the boundary side, is coming down. So that means it's going to be one-on-one coverage. And the safety comes over and just doesn't take a great angle and then goes low on DK Metcalf. That's not going to work. And then DK Metcalf just shows all that track speed, man. When you see people running, sometimes you're like, oh, okay, he's moving. When you see DK moving, you're like, damn, that man could be in the Olympics. Like, he track speed, love to see it. Uh, unfortunately, it was the only touchdown of the day, but it was a huge play to get the game going. And what you thought was going to be a great start for Geno Smith and the rest of the offense, but there's big playability. We've seen it. The CFC need to make more plays and take advantage of it as they uh, continue moving forward this year. Need more plays just like that. All right, third week in a row. No victory formation. Clock ran out on us. A knee taken by Hundley. They're just going to let the clock wind down. Pete's not even going to bother taking that last time out. Uh, bump. This feels like uh, we're, we kind of sound like a broken record the last couple of weeks. Unfortunately, same same story, different week. Seahawks had a chance to win or tie the game on offense with the offense on the field. Just came up short. Uh, big thing that stood out is the Seahawks just really weren't able to run the football like they did against Pittsburgh. You know, they definitely tried. So there's, it's weird when you hear all the criticism. People were mad at them for not running the football, and then mad at them when they do. They committed to it. They just unfortunately weren't able to get things going in the run game. The Saints were the number two ranked rush defense coming into the game. That's a great unit. That's what they do. And unfortunately, the Seahawks weren't really able to to get in a rhythm with any of the running backs. And unfortunately, that, that definitely hurt them. And it also hurts that when you go three of 12 on third down bomb, it's hard to get anything going offensively when you're doing that. Three of 12 on third is never good. They couldn't take advantage of turnovers and had crucial sacks at the wrong time. Myers misses two field goals on defense. They played their best game. However, on the Saints game-winning field goal drive, the Seahawks blew two prime opportunities to get off the football field. It's all about inches, right? You say this game is all about inches, man. There are always four to six plays that define this game. I think for the Seahawks, it's timely penalties and not taking advantage of opportunities to get points. Yeah, no, you, you 
especially right now with Russell not playing, with Chris Carson not playing, banged up. You didn't have Damian Lewis. You don't have Daryl Taylor. You're still waiting for Estridge to come back. When you're when you're banged up and you're in those situations, you have to take advantage of opportunities. You have to. Uh, unfortunately, in the game, I should mention Marquise Blair hurt his uh, patella, I believe, uh, or his kneecap. There's something going on there, so he's going to get looked at, and it was significant is what Pete said after the game. So hopefully Marquise isn't out for too long. Um and like we mentioned, yeah, despite all that, just down three points, the Sacks ended the game. The Seahawks are at a crossroads right now, Bump. They're sitting at two and five. They're going to need to go on a run right now if they want to make the playoffs. But the one good thing I'll leave everybody with is they're not that far out of it. There's only six teams in the NFC that have more than three wins. You know, so it, they're, they're a couple games out, and they're going to have to do some things, right? They're going to have to start winning games and put things together. Hopefully Russell Wilson can come back. But with that added playoff spot, they're not completely out of it. But with that said, you, you can't keep losing games. You need to beat Jacksonville. You absolutely have to beat Jacksonville. And then you got a tough two games after that because you go bye week, Green Bay, Arizona, two really good football teams in the NFC, and hopefully number three is that quarterback. All I'm telling y'all is I'm saying <laughs> there's a chance. There is a chance. They got to get right. Starting with the Jacksonville Jaguars has been a tough couple of games for Gino and the guys, but you never know. This is the NFL. You keep fighting and good things can happen. The Seahawks lose to the Saints 13 and 10 on Monday night football. That has been the Hawk Talk recap edition. I'm Michael Bumpus. He is Nassachobi. Talk to you guys soon.